Welcome back, everyone, to Dataless Podcast. Uh, this is Noel. I'm doing a little bit more of a even longer form content this time. Um, I missed Tuesday's uh, waiver wire pickups. I'm still figuring out exactly how we're going to go about, you know, the routine here and what we're looking at. Um, I did have some personal stuff coming up this weekend, uh, and I traveling this upcoming weekend so i won't be able to put up more than this episode uh so i tried to combine um my dynasty buys and sells and my dfs starts and sits of the week into one episode here um so hopefully this is going to work out uh you know i know we're still kind of getting off the ground i think it's important that i continue to stay with this and don't you know try to miss like a whole week or anything so that's why i'm recording today's uh as kind of a combined format um so what we're gonna start with today as i kind of mentioned is dynasty buys and sells um and this is kind of coming off of week four we saw we saw some good action um and I think we can just jump right into it with talking about Drake London. Um, I bought Drake London this past weekend for uh, David Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, and I got Drake London in a first. I'm rebuilding. You know, it's not the most value play. Um, and that team had my running backs just get destroyed. Um, but I think Drake London is a good buy here. I think we saw how Desmond Ritter is just not really the long-term solution in Atlanta, which gives a lot of hope um, to Drake London stocks. Uh, I said last week that Taylor Heineke could be the guy pretty soon. Um, I also said that we could see Sam Howell uh, struggle against the Eagles defense. That one didn't happen, but we were able to get at least one of those guys to struggle. Um, and. And we might see some replacement in Atlanta with uh, Taylor Heineke stepping in over Desmond Ritter. Uh, Drake London is only 22.2 uh, years old. Uh, we have that high draft capital, uh, pick eight in the 2022 draft. 6'4". Um, this is a guy that is going to be with the Atlanta Falcons for a long time and we're going to see him both hopefully get more opportunity this year but also get plenty of opportunity going forward with whoever steps in at QB in the future um on a similar note just to mention him as a potential buy again uh, Taylor Heineke, you know, this guy is likely going to be stepping in. If you can get, you know, Taylor Heineke for a fourth round pick at Dynasty or whatever, uh, definitely just go and try to send that out because you're not really going to get a starting quarterback for a fourth round pick ever. And if you, you're you like a competitor and you need a guy to fill that position, um, he's that guy for that situation. Um. You know, I, I had mentioned Jacoby Brissett as a potential similar buy. Uh, do not buy Jacoby Brissett uh, right now. 
Sam Howell looked way more competent. Um, it doesn't look like it's Sam Howell's fault that the commanders are losing. And, um, you know, I don't think Jacoby Brissett's going to really help that team more than uh, Sam Howell has. Another guy I think that we should all sort of go out and, and put our feelers out on is Calvin Ridley. Um, Calvin Ridley has been very good historically. Um, you know, right now he's after three games, I don't have the updated game four stats, but he's up averaging, you know, 12.1 points per game, uh, 13.3 yards per reception, but 281 air yards, um, 26 targets. Calvin Ridley's still seeing high usage, uh, even though Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars have struggled a little bit. Um, I'd expect Calvin Ridley and, and, the the Jaguars to have a big bounce back. Um, you know, probably not against Buffalo. You might want to wait this one out um, and potentially by next week. But there's always a chance, you know, um, that Calvin Ridley and the Jaguars are able to get something done in London uh, against the Bills um, and really show out that, you know, Calvin Ridley is a competitive buy for both redraft and dynasty uh, as a mid-tier wide receiver too. Um, going forward, paired with that young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Um, the next guy that we have here is Nico Collins. Um, Nico Collins kind of has that similar build to the Drake London uh, type archetype, I guess. I don't know. Drake London's not an archetype, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, an alpha wide receiver, um, pretty young. And Nico Collins is paired with a better quarterback than, than Drake London will be, and a better scheme um for the next you know considerable amount of time nico collins popped off last week against the steelers um he's someone that we've kept an eye on uh in the past as someone that could really have a huge breakout whenever he got a quarterback uh he has you know 95th percentile catch radius um he's definitely the type of guy that um CJ Stroud can rely on going forward and and hopefully will. Uh, and, you know, it was incredible to see just how, you know, successful he was last week against the Steelers. Um, he's, he's gotten plenty of volume, and there should be plenty of volume going forward. Last week I kind of said, you know, CJ Stroud's a little bit of a question mark. Uh, I, I'm taking all of that back. CJ Stroud's incredible. Um, CJ Stroud is going to be awesome going forward and i don't think there's much concern about you know the the fantasy viability of his wide receivers like there was in the preseason i kind of need to just drop that notion and you know is he going to be able to support tank dell and nico collins maybe uh maybe not but you know nico collins got he's sitting at 11 targets week one nine week two three week three and nine week four um and you know besides that week three kind of dud against uh the jaguars he's been a top 12 wide receiver uh twice now um week two and week four top 24 week one 
Um, so that's, that's consistent, uh, outside of that one dud. And that is something that we should look for going forward. Uh, Nico Collins just might be a dynasty wide receiver one, uh, which is shocking to say, cause you probably bought him as a throw in, uh, and maybe at the most for a second round pick. Um, so keep your eyes out on Nico Collins. Uh, he's seeing great usage, seeing great, you know, quarterback play, uh, the scheme, the coaching, everything's going well for him in Houston. Um, and that's all we want to see for a guy. Okay. And now comes the guy that I'm going to say is a dynasty buy every single week until we see that Elijah Moore is awful. Because we're seeing great utilization out of Elijah Moore. I mean, last week, you can kind of just scratch it. Uh, DTR looked awful. The Browns' offense was terrible. Um, I, I just don't know like what we could have taken away from that that would have been positive uh, for really anybody on the Browns. Um, so we, we have to keep in mind that Elijah Moore, you know, before last week, was at seven targets, nine targets, nine targets. Um, not a ton of, you know, air yards behind those targets. He's, he's getting a lot of uh, short, schemed plays. But I think that's what we see uh, for the first half of the season. And then, you know, he might start to open things up a little bit more for himself or turn some of those shorter schemed plays into longer gains. And uh, you might be able to see Elijah Moore really step up into his role as, you know, uh, wide receiver two, wide receiver uh, three going forward. Um, hopefully closer to that wide receiver two area. But, you know, if he was a, a mid-tier wide receiver three, that really wouldn't be too bad either, um, especially considering that he's only 23 right now. Um the Browns, I mean, I've done this speech a thousand times. The Browns traded high draft capital for a guy that was disgruntled in New York with uh, Zach Wilson, who, you know, despite his performance on Monday night, is not that good of a quarterback. Um, Elijah Moore has, you know, a 97% agility score. Um, and one thing that might be kind of causing some of those targets to not turn into catches right now is his... You know, smaller frame, smaller catch radius. He's only 5'9". Um, but I think once we figure out how Elijah Moore can be used more efficiently in the Browns' offense, he's going to explode. Um, the guy's getting tons of volume. They don't really have that many other people to go to with Nick Chubb out. And Deshaun Watson had his best game, people are forgetting, uh, just before this past week uh, where the Browns' offense looked awful. And during that best game, he targeted Elijah Moore nine times. Um, I don't know. I think it's everything on paper is saying that Elijah Moore is the guy to go get because he's cheap, he has high volume, and, you know, the Browns' offense is going to go figure itself out pretty soon. Um, so, I don't know. That's my Elijah Moore speech. I love that guy. I have him in every league that I have. Uh, you know, it's just, he's a very good buy. You can get him for a second round pick. Um, and you probably won't get similar usage out of whatever second round pick you get. And he's only 23. So it's not like you're giving up, uh, youth for that. So go buy Elijah Moore.
All right, last guy here for the Dynasty buys is Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, there's not really much of a, a conversation to be had here about Alvin Kamara's talent and ability. He's incredible. He's, you know, a PPR cheat code and, you know, he's 28. So we're kind of expecting that fall off for Alvin Kamara to come pretty soon. Um, right now we saw, a or still on a large more, uh, we saw Alvin Kamara get 13 receptions last week for, uh, I forget how many yards it was, but it was, it was like 33 yards or something. It was the lowest yards on 13 receptions ever, uh, due to Derek Carr's shoulder injury. You might be able to justify that to a, you know, a potential trade partner. You say he got 13 receptions, Derek Carr's injured, you know, the, the Saints offense is bad. Uh, you know, just try to, spitball and and get into a spot where you can buy Alvin Kamara for like a second round pick. If you're a competitor and you're buying Alvin Kamara for a second round pick, you know that he's going to have high usage on the the Saints offense. Um, That's never been a question. It's really a matter of if he can stay healthy, but a healthy Alvin Kamara is awesome. And he's just totally worth adding for a late second round pick to any competitive team right now. Um, hopefully he'll continue to see high usage going forward, um, to kind of back this up. I don't think that they really have anybody else besides him on the team. I mean, I know they have Jamal Williams and they have Kendrick Miller, uh, but this year, at least Alvin Kamara is still going to be that guy. Um, he might be done after this year. You know, I don't know what his contract situation looks like at the Saints, but, um, you know, they're not going to cut him mid-year. Um, so I think he's a guy that you can go out there and get for a second-round pick that really could put up some running back one numbers and, and a rebuilding team that might have him. I don't know how a rebuilding team would have him right now, but, you know, a rebuilding team that might have him uh, would definitely go for that, I think. So try to go get Alvin Kamara. All right. Uh, with that, we can move on to sells. Um I guess it's kind of obvious here, but we're going to sell Justin Fields. Justin Fields had, like, the best game he's ever had in a Bears unit form. Um, you know, in the NFL against the Broncos defense, he put up 70 points the week before. We're probably just tired from running around after Tyreek Hill all week. Um, I, I don't know how you don't go and sell Justin Fields based off of this. Even Bears fans know that he's not the guy. If you can go out and get like a second round pick for Justin Fields, um, I don't know who'd be paying that, but you know, you could do it. You could, if you're a competitor and you have two good quarterbacks, change Justin Fields into Alvin Kamara, uh, trade Justin Fields and a uh, third for Elijah Moore. Um, there are plenty of packages out there that Justin Fields doesn't need to be the centerpiece, but he can be, you know, it can be a two for one with him and you can go get somebody that is, um, going to be, you know, hopefully better going forward than Justin Fields, who's probably could be done in the NFL pretty soon. Um, you know, last week he looked great. He threw like three touchdowns and I don't know. Um, 80% completion, 335 passing yards, uh, almost 10 yards per attempt, four touchdowns, sorry. 
Um, and, you know, that backbreaking interception. You, when you watch Justin Fields, you know what's going to happen at the end of the game. No matter how good he looks and no matter what's happening, you know he's going to throw an interception at the end of the game to just break the team. And he does that almost every game that he's played. He's, he hasn't played a game in 2023 without throwing an interception. Um, you know, Justin Fields, he started off with, a, a, I think, a big run. Um, and I, I don't think he got too many yards after they finished with 25. Um, I don't know what else is to be said. Justin Fields is not a guy in the NFL. He's not the Bears guy going forward. They're probably um, going to get Caleb Williams. And if you can somehow turn that performance into a, a sell point, uh, try to. Um, there could be a trade going forward where somebody trades for Justin Fields, like actually in the NFL, um, you know, like the Falcons or, or somebody else. Um, but he's very clearly done with the Bears. And I, if I'm Justin Fields, I don't want to stay on the Bears either. Like, Bears fans have been pretty brutal to him. Um, you know, that franchise hasn't supported him. The coaching is terrible. Uh, they're trying to change who he is as a player and, and turn him into more of a pocket passer. Uh, Justin Fields is, you know, he'd be, he'd be insane to, to stay with the Bears and the Bears would be insane to stay with him. Um, so I think that relationship is all but over. And uh, it's, it's more than likely that Justin Fields ends up as a backup or out of the league in a few years. Um, so try to get what you can for him. Honestly, would, would you accept a third for him? Maybe. Cause I do think Justin Fields starts the rest of the year. And if we're willing to throw a fourth out for Taylor Heineke, isn't Justin Fields worth a third? He's finished at QB 24 and it's worse this year. Um, I don't know. Definitely uh, test the market around Justin Fields and see if he can get, like, a second. All right, and another guy that uh, I think is a sell, and this is more of a dynasty philosophy sell. This has nothing to do with the player, is Michael Wilson. Um, you likely drafted Michael Wilson for a third or maybe even a fourth. You got to take wins when you get them, and I think you can go sell Michael Wilson for a second right now. Or maybe even two seconds. Um, he looked great last week uh, against San Francisco. He had seven targets, seven receptions, two touchdowns, uh, 76 receiving yards, 26.6 fantasy points. Um, I There's a good chance that this team ends up with Marvin Harrison Jr. I believe that's his full name. Um, and, you know, the Marvin Harrison Jr., Hollywood Brown, and there's kind of no space for Michael Wilson left. And don't even get me started on Rondale Moore. Um, but he's this is could be the best game that he ever has in his career. You got him for a third or a fourth. You could probably flip him for a second because he put it up against San Francisco, who should theoretically be better uh, at defense and 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 not allowing that to Michael Wilson. Um, I don't know. He's pretty average metrics across the board. 
uh, he, we all know he's the only like guy that's over six foot on the Cardinals, but he's already 23, almost 24 years old. And I don't know. I just, I just don't see Michael Wilson being a guy going forward on the Cardinals. Um, when they are really in that rebuild, they're not going to build around a guy like Michael Wilson. And even if they do, it is best strategy to sell him for a higher return than you bought him for. I mean, he's not going to be a wide receiver one. Um, there's like a 1% chance of him really being incredible, like even less than that probably. Um, so sell Michael Wilson, um, you know, maybe you can get some value out of him this year. But it, it it really looks like next year they're gonna draft a wide receiver potentially, and could be with a new quarterback. Maybe not. I don't know why they'd move on from Kyler, but um, yeah, I would I'd recommend selling Michael Wilson. Okay, um, one last sell here is Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco, forget how you say that. Um, you know, I think we see the Chiefs draft a running back soon again, to be honest. I, I don't think he's the guy there. Um, you know, it is a really great offense to be involved in. Um, but we're seeing him come off, you know, 158 total yards. And most of that was on a huge gain on a catch, I believe it was. Um... You know, he just had 20 carries. He he does have high usage, uh, good red zone usage. Um, but, you know, week one, 47% snap chair. Week two, 53. Week three, 43. Um, I don't know. He could be great this year. He, but I think they, they move to, you know, sign somebody or draft somebody. Uh, you know, watch out for Elvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara really could go to um, the Chiefs here or something like that, like next year. But uh, uh, Isaiah Pacheco's like not the guy. He's just another guy. He's going to get replaced. Uh, sell him while you can. It's like a James Robinson situation uh, where he's great, but like there's something else out there that is better, and that's what you want. So um, try to get like a first or, or some value out of Isaiah Pacheco while you can. Okay. Um, so that does it for Dynasty Buys and Sells. Uh, not really going to cover Redraft this week. I covered a lot of guys there. Um, hoping that, you know, a lot of those guys are affordable. Um, and I kind of threw out some values surrounding them that you might be able to acquire them for. Um, next up, we have my... Uh, Daily Fantasy starts um, and a couple of sits this week, but mostly starts. Um, and I know that last week we just got destroyed by injuries. Um, by I mean, the best the best thing that we started was the Broncos D, and they were awful against the Bears. Um, Justin Fields looked like the best quarterback in the league, so you know that's not a good sign. Um, but, yeah, I mean, injuries on injuries on injuries on injuries for our um, last week's slate. Uh, 
So this week, um, we have Matt Stafford uh, as our start here at quarterback. Um, I know they're playing Philly. Uh, Philly allegedly has allowed 27th most points to opposing quarterbacks. 27th least? I don't know. The good 27th. They're, they're like fifth most, right? Um, and I think Matt Stafford has, you know, been really great this year with Puka. I don't know if Cooper Cup is going to be back this year. Um, but, it, or not this year, this week. But if he is, definitely start him. If he's not, honestly start him. Uh, Puka has been great. Tutu Atwell has really kind of filled in there as well. Um, and Matt Stafford should really put up a solid game against Philly, uh, especially if they get blown out because then they'll just throw the ball a ton. And that kind of could happen this week. Um, next start is Brees Hall. Um, we saw Khalil Herbert look incredible last week against the Broncos defense. Um, allegedly, I, I don't really trust Robert Salah, especially with what he said about Zach Wilson, but allegedly Brees Hall's snap count is done. Um, and the, the Broncos are the worst team against the, the run in, in the league. So Brees Hall is one of the best running backs. Broncos are one of the worst defenses against running backs. Uh, the Jets don't really have a quarterback. I think you can see how it's looking to be a great game for Brees Hall. He should get plenty of usage and should get plenty of yards per carry uh, and hopefully convert some of those into touchdowns um, this week. Um, next up here, we have Brian Robinson Jr., uh, Brian Robinson has looked really, really good this year. Um, I'm very lucky that I got off of Antonio Gibson when I did last year. Uh, he's Brian Robinson is um, way better than I had expected. Is really um, the alpha in that running back room and is playing Chicago this week. Um, I think Washington destroys Chicago this week. Um, they're a much better team. They have an actual quarterback, and their defense is very good as well. Um, if that happens, and we've talked about game scripts before, but I would expect Washington to run the ball a significant amount of times, and hopefully Brian Robinson gets uh, some of that volume. He's averaging 15.7 points per game on DraftKings, going for 5,600. And Chicago is one of the worst defenses against the run. Next up here, we have Zay Flowers. I love Zay Flowers uh, so much. He's so fun to watch. Um, I think I think Pittsburgh is not even close to a good defense this year, to be honest. You know, like, not near the worst, but not anywhere close to, like, top five. They're probably, like, top top 15, top 20 defense, um, and would be very, very bad without TJ Watt. Um, I think we see plenty of usage for Zay Flowers this week. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson has looked his way a lot. He's been schemed a lot, uh, open. Um, he only got three receptions last week on four targets for 56 yards, but you know, 
he has gotten some rushing attempts every game. Uh, I say some, but it's pretty much just one. Um, and I think Zay Flowers could have a good week, uh, especially if it's one of those closer games and not like a blowout like last week against Cleveland. Uh, next up here, we have Michael Pittman Jr. Um, I love Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, you know, week one, eight targets, week er, receptions, sorry. Week one, eight receptions. Week two, eight receptions. Week three, nine receptions. Week four, one reception. Trent says that Michael Pittman Jr. is going to have a bounce back week. Um, you know, he got five targets last week. It's not like he was com completely ignored. Um, he's up against Tennessee, who kind of shut down the Bengals, but I really don't have that much faith in them. Um, you know, when Tennessee is favored, uh, which they very well could be, and, you know, when they're coming off a win, it's probably best to fade them. Um, so I think Indianapolis has a good chance of, of winning this game, and I think Michael Pittman has a, a very good chance of being heavily involved in that. He's going for 6400 so he's one of... He's the most expensive guy this week that I have. Um... You know, besides, I, I always do, like, very uh, affordable players, and then I just throw somebody in the flex that's insanely good. So last week against Travis Kelsey, kind of regret that. This week it's Tyree Kill, uh, so that doesn't really count. Um, But, yeah, Michael Pittman Jr. looks like a great start this week against uh, hopefully struggling Tennessee team uh, with Anthony Richardson back in. Um, He looked great last week. You know, they hadn't. They had that great comeback against the Rams. Um, sort of a comeback, but, you know, um, Michael Pittman Jr. should be very involved this week. Uh, next up, and I kind of said that uh, the Jets wouldn't throw the ball that much this week, but I do have Garrett Wilson here. He's very affordable. Uh, he's 6,000 on DraftKings. He saw plenty of... Plenty of volume last week uh, with 14 targets. It seems like Zach Wilson figured out how to play with Garrett Wilson, and that's just to throw him the ball every time that you can. Um, the Chiefs? Sorry, not the Chiefs. They're playing the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos' offense or defense is terrible, uh, as I said before. Uh, they're 24th most. Yeah, 24th most. No. Oh, my God. Eighth most points allowed to uh, opposing wide receivers. So, um, you know, he's averaging 13.9. I, I think Gary Wilson should be able to put up some good numbers, especially if Zach Wilson continues to look semi-competent. Um, going forward, uh, for tight end, I have Dalton Schultz. Um, Dalton Schultz only got three targets, three receptions, 42 yards, and a touchdown last week. But uh, he had a game of seven, he had a game of four, he had another game of three. Um, he has some volume in this offense, and I think CJ Stroud starts to look his way as a safety blanket a little bit more um, in these upcoming weeks. Uh, Atlanta's not very good about, against the tight end. 
Uh, and so I think Dalton Schultz, you know, he we saw his talent um, when he was on the Cowboys. So I think Dalton Schultz is very, um, you know, trustworthy and, and, and should be heavily utilized going forward. Uh, I'm not going to cover Tyreek Hill because that doesn't really count. But if you do, for some reason, submit the same lineup as me, I have Tyreek Hill and Ugly Flex. Um, because I, it's hard to see a world where Tyreek Hill doesn't get like 30 points this week against the Giants. Uh, and then for defense, um, we have the Saints. Uh, the Patriots suck. That's, that's about it. That's all the notes that I have. Um, Mac Jones is not the guy. The New Orleans defense has been good. Um, Bailey Zappi might even make the start. I know Bel Belichick said he wouldn't. Belichick's kind of lost it. Um, Patriots have no receivers. Ramondre Stevenson's the best player on the team. Um, there's there's a hundred reasons why the Saints are going to start this week, and I know that's going to come to bite me. Um, you know, they're going to, like, put up... The Pats are going to put up, like, 50 points against them. But, um, yeah, start with Saints defense this week. Um, I do think that that is a... Just a good play. Um, and I have one sit. I was going to cover a couple more, but I know this is running pretty long here. Uh, it's definitely the longest episode I've done. Um, and that's DJ Moore. Uh, so you'll see on like DraftKings that the commanders do have theoretically a bad pass defense um, and allow a significant amount of points to wide receivers. I would blame Josh Allen for that. Um, and I think that was a Stephon Diggs game where he put up like a bunch of touchdowns, but I'll have to double check that. Um, you know, AJ Brown did go nuts last week, but, you know, he had Jalen Hurts throwing the ball, uh, not Justin Fields. So I think DJ Moore is kind of a bait pick this week. You know, it looks like he has a bad defense going up against him. Uh, Justin Fields is coming off a great game. Uh, DJ Moore had one of his best games of the year. I think it was his best game of the year. Um, but I would not start DJ Moore. Um, you know, unless you're in like a dynasty format where he's your wide receiver, you know, three or whatever. Um, DJ Moore just isn't, I don't know if they're going to get a lot of volume to him this week. Uh, I think this is going to be a slower-paced game. Um, and I think the commanders kind of will get up big. And, and that, that would lead you to think that the script would go in favor of DJ Moore. But I think Justin Fields will just take like 25 sacks and then the game will be over. Um, so don't start DJ Moore. I don't know how many strays Justin Fields have caught has caught this uh, podcast. Uh, it's brutal. I'm just sitting here ripping on Justin Fields in my room. Um, okay. So that's kind of all I got for this week. And that is going to be the only episode this week. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. If if you made it this long, I don't know how. Um, I will be back next week. Um, and I'm hoping to be able to put out a full slate. I'm still kind of thinking about how I want to do this going forward. 
And uh, I do have that Madden series, and I'm, I I think I have to bail on the Broncos because I, I started filming a little bit more, and then I tried to sign a free agent, and I realized that the Broncos have literally negative cap space next year, and you can't sign anyone. And so they're just an impossible team to rebuild. Um, so good luck, Sean Payton. Uh, I don't know what they could do there. That's absolutely terrible. Um, but yeah. Um, so I'll try to get back into the Madden series next week. Um, I think I might do like a format where I do redraft on Tuesday because I feel like redraft is the most important to cover waiver wire ads. Dynasty on Wednesday because that's kind of my bread and butter and that's what I enjoy doing the most. And then um, DFS on Thursday because that's kind of closest to the actual uh, weekend and I should get some better injury reports uh, even though last week that didn't really seem to help me doing it on Thursday. Um, so I'd, I'd try to cover like sells and buys separately for dynasty and redraft and then you know um waiver wire ads in the tuesday episode and then um i don't know some other stuff in the, in the dynasty episode and starts and sits and stuff like that on thursday <clears throat> but it's kind of everything i have today uh appreciate you for tuning in i know this is extremely long um but that's what happens when i have to put it all into one episode um so i will try to break it out a little bit better in the future and uh appreciate everything uh like i guess i post this on youtube now so like uh hit the bell follow subscribe um more episodes will be out you know i kind of just discussed the schedule frequently uh i might turn the youtube into full madden i don't know i haven't decided but i think i'm gonna rebuild the patriots so stay tuned for that because the Patriots are awful. So, yeah, and I think Patriots fans would like to see that and see what I can do with them going forward. So, cool. Uh, appreciate you for tuning in. I've said like five times. So, not into here. Uh, have a good one.